Hello and welcome to Afton Unplugged. I'm your host, Superintendent Travis Brock. This podcast features the people and stories that make the Afton School District great. All right, welcome to this episode of Afton Unplugged, and I am happy to introduce Adam Jasinski, Director of Technology for the Afton School District, and in this episode, he's going to help us talk a little bit about uh, artificial intelligence, or AI, and we're going to kind of focus on the basics of AI along with some terminology. This will be the first episode of a three-episode series, so without further ado, um, Adam, I'll turn it over to you. Maybe introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about what you maybe did before you came to Afton. All right. Thanks, Travis. Yeah, so I've been at Afton now going on. This is my 11th year. Um, always been in the IT department. Started here as the network engineer and then took over as director of technology a couple of years ago. Um, prior to that, I did IT work for another school in Arkansas. And then prior to that, I did IT work for Teleflora, which is a massive floral shop uh, point of sale system provider um, all over the phone and I was very glad to leave that job because it was not fun. Um, and then uh, married I have a daughter that's a sophomore in college and a son that's a sophomore at uh, Afton High School. Uh, I don't know how that happened but always been um, a very techie person, a technophile, a geek, whatever you want to call me um, ever since I was a little kid. So. Um, very excited to talk about AI and see where this stuff goes. All right, thanks, Adam. Well, we're we're glad you enjoy Adam over so we're we're glad you enjoy Afton over some of your previous jobs. <laughs> <You're> so, right. <laughs> right. Hopefully, we can keep that going. Although, uh, maybe with AI, it'll probably give you a couple more headaches uh, than maybe you thought uh, would come. I'm excited for those headaches. I like <laughs> new things. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, again, just. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about, you know, is, is there a history or has there been an evolution to AI? And if so, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so AI, along with most things kind of uh, technological, has its roots really in science fiction. Um, so Isaac Asimov, he was a um, prolific science fiction writer, and he was kind of one of the first ones that thought of um, and he didn't know the term AI. He just referred to them as robot robots. Um, so he had this kind of conceptualization of robots having human-like intelligence in some point in the future. Um, he wrote a lot about kind of the laws and ethics of that in his stories. Um, and he came up with what's called the three laws of robotics. And that's still kind of used today um, when we think about the ethical guidelines and kind of how we understand AI. You know, the, the people that work in that field definitely are aware of those and think about those. Um, and this was in 1942. So it was a um, number of years ago. And the laws that he came up with were a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction cause harm to a human. A robot must obey orders given it to by a human unless it would violate the first law. And the last rule is a robot must protect its own existence unless doing so would violate the first two laws. So really thinking about, you know, it should do no harm. Um, these aren't laws that are written in a law book or anyone are forced to use. Um, it's just more of kind of an ethical guideline that, you know, started that conversation. 
So then AI kind of just existed in that realm of science fiction and fantasy for, for a number of years until about 1956. Um, and that's when there was a workshop at Dartmouth College. And that's really where the first kind of scientific research and thought started with AI. Um, they were a little wrong on some of their predictions about how quickly it was going to evolve and happen. Um, but really, the modern way that we think of AI, its research, the concepts and techniques originated around 1956. Um, and then again, it was a long period of kind of a lot of nothing, um, you know, really until the rise of, you know, personal computers and the microprocessor. So kind of the, the next big event that happened, um, folks may remember in... Um, 1997, IBM had a supercomputer called Blue Dream that they trained it um, to play chess. Yeah. And that was the first time that it beat um, Gary Kasparov, a uh, you know, big-time chess grandmaster, that a computer beat a human at chess. Um, and there's a reason why you don't see humans playing computers at chess anymore. Um, even Magnus Carlsen, the, the current chess champion, would lose. Um, <laughs> And then more recently than that, another big one that happened, um, there's a game called Go. That's very popular in kind of Eastern cultures. It looks very simple. It's just a game of like stones on a board, black and white stones you place and try to block and, you know, outmaneuver your opponent. Um, people didn't think that a computer would be able to play that due to the, the inherent complexity of it. Um, Google proved them wrong. So Google developed a program, uh, an AI program called AlphaGo, specifically to learn how to play Go. And in 2016, it beat the reigning AlphaGo or the reigning Go uh, human champion. Um, and there's a really good documentary on Netflix called AlphaGo about it. Um, if you're interested in AI or just curious, it's well worth a watch. It's fascinating, especially when at the end the AI started doing things in a way that people thought it was broken, but it wasn't. It had developed its own new strategy that humans had never thought of or done before. Mm. Um, so that kind of brings us to present day. Um, so mm. ChatGPT is the one that we've all heard of, um, and it definitely felt like a huge leap forward in kind of uh, the capabilities of what some of these systems can do. Um, you know, we still don't, and the people that are researchers in this field still don't know the full implications, you know, where it's going to go from here. You know, there's still a whole lot of guesswork and hypotheticals that get thrown around. Um, and I, I would caution, be careful of headlines that you read that spell AI is the doom and gloom of humanity, or AI is going to lead to this grand utopian society. <laughs> you know, the, those headlines are there to get you to click on it. <laughs> so I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of that. Gotcha. Well, thanks for that. And then you mentioned ChatGPT. That's uh, kind of very relevant right now. So um, knowing that that may be the frame of reference for a lot of people, certainly in yeah. education, talk a little bit about what AI is and then is it helpful to talk about what it isn't? Um, yeah. So AI, um, artificial intelligence, it just refers to trying to simulate human intelligent processes by machines. Um, especially computer systems. Um, so it does involve learning. So they get information, they're given a set of rules and they use that information. Um, and then they apply reasoning and self-correction to that. Um, AI is kind of a huge um, uh, all-encompassing term of lots of different technologies. So there are subsets of that, machine learning, natural language processing, and even robotics. 
Um, and they do very simple things, kind of rule-based, like um, a lot of spam filters are very rule-based. So it knows what emails are spam, it knows what emails aren't spam, so it can, here's a set of rules, classify this as spam, this is not spam, and you know, do whatever you should do with it. To really complex things like uh, autonomous vehicles. You know, if you think of a Tesla, an autopilot, that's definitely using AI to ingest a large amount of information and process that in a way that it can drive the car for you. Hmm. Um, what AI isn't, it's not human intelligence. Um, it can simulate human intelligence, but it doesn't have consciousness, emotions, or subjective experiences. Um, it operates based on algorithms that are fed to it and the data that it was trained on and doesn't inherently understand what it's doing. Although it can feel like it does and how it responds to you, it's kind of spooky. It doesn't actually have any of those human-like components. Um, it's not inherently good or evil. Um, you see a lot of that thrown around recently, like it's this evil thing or this good thing. It's just a tool, um, and it can be used in a multitude of ways depending on the intention of the user. So, uh, you know, the ethical implications arise when people misuse a tool. Um, you know, be that AI or be that a hammer if you use it in the wrong way. Um, you know, you're not, you're not following the guidelines of what it should be done. Um, AI is, doesn't mean that a machine is sentient, right? It doesn't mean that it can think or learn or understand in the same way that we do, um, you know, despite what's portrayed in popular culture, mm -hmm. right? That's what you see in the movies, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's still, that's still the realm of science fiction of AI being, um, sentient, self-aware, um, you know, there's a term for that it's called artificial general intelligence, and we're, we're not there yet. Gotcha. Yeah, just recently, I was at a conference, and they were mentioning artificial intelligence in terms of helping sift through survey results. That yeah, you, get, you get a thousand comments, you ask open-ended questions, you want the voice of, you know, parents, you know, staff, you know, students, and then, but then how do you sift through what, what was all said? Right. And so certainly that was... Um, you know, makes sense that it, it's just one way you could maybe help summarize what are the key points there, and um, and yet still, um, you know, you you can use that in uh, in a way that definitely benefits whatever you're trying to improve. So, um, all right, um, a couple terms that uh, maybe people have heard about: um, machine learning, deep learning. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about those two terms in in the context of AI. Yeah, so yeah, those get thrown around a lot and used in various ways. And um, there's not a standard for these. So companies can advertise that they use machine learning and they use deep learning. Um, you know, there's not really a, a governing body that says, well, that's really this or that. Um, so some of them are kind of interchangeable. Um, AI is kind of the broadest of the three. Um, it's literally just the concepts of machines being able to carry out tasks in a way that considers smart or mimic, you know, human intelligence. Um, again, they can range from very simple things to very complex things. Um, pattern recognition, like you alluded to, you know, very good at that, or driving a car. So AI is like the all-encompassing, overarching umbrella of a lot of these technologies. Machine learning is a further subset of AI, so kind of a level down. Um, and instead of programming specific rules for AI to follow, Machine learning involves giving AI access to a whole bunch of data and kind of letting it learn and make decisions based on that. 
And the learning happens when the machine gets feedback about its predictions and adjusts its operations to improve accuracy. Um, deep learning is even kind of a further subset of machine learning. Um, and it's kind of inspired by how our brains function, um, sp specifically neurons. So you hear the term neural network. You know, that is what deep learning is. Um, many layers to how it works. And it allows the computer to learn really complex patterns from large amounts of data. Um, the deep is kind of in the depth of the network, like how big is it? Um, an example of deep learning is AI that can recognize objects in an image. Right? It may not know what that is, but it's ingested so much data that it eventually learns what a fire hydrant is or um, you know, what a school bus is. Um, a lot of the times when you see those um, kind of boxes that you have to click the traffic lights yep. or trick click the buses um, you're helping train AI programs to do that <laughs> right. uh, to recognize things um, so there's a reason why a lot of them are geared toward roads um, because the company that puts that out wants to train its AI to recognize those objects and humans are really good at pattern recognition so every time you do that you're helping train an AI system all right we're, <laughs> we're part of the solution or part yeah. of the problem I guess right. however, however you want to look right. at it yeah all right um, are there different uh, types of AI and uh, maybe talk just a little bit about uh, a little bit about that yeah right now um, there's kind of two terms that people will use um, narrow AI and general AI um, narrow AI is where we are now. So things like um, using Siri, using your Google Assistant, um, Google search algorithm, uh, ChatGPT, um, those are all examples of narrow AI, meaning they have one very specific function that they do. Um, general AI is the concept that you think of in science fiction. So the AI that is equal to or greater than um, human level intelligence. And that's, again, still the realm of science fiction. So think of general AI, um, if you've seen the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey, HAL 9000, general AI, or Vision from the Marvel movies, um, or Cortana from the Halo games, if there's any gamers listening. Those would be examples of AI that you know, doesn't exist yet. Um, there's a team at Microsoft, and Microsoft backs a lot of the research that OpenAI is doing. Um, they actually published the paper recently that um, the most current version of ChatGPT, ChatGPT4, did sh show early signs of possible general intelligence, meaning that ChatGPT is really good at language. That's what it does. Um, but then they were able to have it do things kind of outside of the realm of language. Um, and I, I might mess up specifically what they did, um, but they did an experiment with uh, version 3.5. They said, here's a list of objects. And they tried to come up with something that wasn't written about or Google search because that's how ChatGPT learns is they fed it all this information. You know, anything that's been written that they could feed it, they fed it to. Um, so they tried to come up with a question that it wouldn't have seen before. So they gave it a list of objects. I think it was a traffic cone, a book, an egg and a golf ball. And they said, stack these items. You know, version 3.5 just literally spit out random orders of stacking that wouldn't work, mm. right? You know, put the traffic cone on top of the egg. Well, that's not going to work. Or, you know, ways that it, it wouldn't stack. Um, when they asked Chat GPT-4 the same question, it had enough information and um, 
to know how the objects physically would interact in the world. So it said, place the book on a flat surface, put the traffic cone on top of the book, you know, arrange the eggs and the golf ball in this pattern. Hmm. So it kind of, it knew those words, but it also knew kind of how those words would interact with each other in the real world. So it's a very basic example, but that was kind of a, an aha moment for some of those researchers that, you know, we might be on the cusp of something larger. Gotcha. And you, you kind of mentioned this, but um, AI, um, where would people see AI around them? Or maybe they were using it and never really thought about thought about it. You mentioned Siri. A lot of people uh, probably uh, liken that to Alexa. Um, yeah. You, you kind of hear uh, um, a lot with Google and, and, and the things they're doing with. So tell us a little bit about AI around us. Yeah, so... You know, again, Siri, Google Assistant, Alexa. Um, if you've ever been typing a text and it's predicted a word for you, that's AI. If you've ever been typing an email and it predicts a word for you, that's AI. So anything that has ingested a large amount of data for pattern recognition, um, you know, there's a lot of companies that use it for different purposes. Um, you know, for marketing, you know, they'll ingest a whole bunch of information, find patterns and spit out, you know, target these people this way. Um, so it, you know, it's a very broad term, but if you think about it simply, it's just, you know, if you're getting a recommendation on a restaurant, um, that's because there's a system that's ingested data and ingested your data and spits these out based on the algorithms that have been created. Right. So it's, it's around us and you're using it without even realizing it, um, every day, you know, self-driving cars, um, inventory management systems, um, there are a lot of interesting things. I've seen um, an AI radio DJ. Hmm. So it's, it sounds like a human. You know, it, it ingests information. It knows songs. It just picks them and talks about them. Um, and I think we're not far off from seeing some things like you might interact with AI in a drive-thru hmm. um, when you're ordering, um, you know, just to take the human out of it, um, which raises a lot of questions and concerns about what happens to those jobs. Right. But, um, yeah, it's uh, everywhere around you and going to be even more around you. And, you know, some of those examples you gave, you you kind of mentioned what the impact has been on an industry like transportation, food service, um, music, things of that nature. Anything else come to mind when you think of? Yeah, and, and it's not all bad, right? So one example is healthcare. Um AI, they have trained it to look at scans and identify cancer. And it can identify cancer at a much better rate than humans can. Um, so, you know, it can diagnose someone with possible cancer earlier, you know, so lead to, to quicker medical intervention. Um, it can predict disease outbreaks, you know, so there are definitely some uses of AI uh, during the pandemic to kind of figure out where things were going to go and how trends were going to happen. Um, so it's not all bad. Uh, there's definitely positives that come out of it. Um, you know, with transportation, it can optimize delivery routes. You know, there's a lot of trucks that drive around in this country empty. So, you know, a trucker will go take a load somewhere. They won't have one to pick up, and then they'll drive back empty. So a whole lot of em empty trucks on the roads, and there's companies that are using AI to try to come up with smarter routes, you know, to, you know, for better efficiency and get stuff quicker. Gotcha. Yeah, good good examples. 
Um, I know you, again, you kind of touched on this earlier on, but maybe um, go into a little bit more depth on just how does AI work? So what, what are, what's a way we can can understand that maybe um, what's a high level explanation, yeah. but then also maybe what's a, a maybe a simplified uh, explanation of just how it works. Yeah, so it, it really um, very high level. You can think of it in, in three things: data, algorithms, and neural networks. So data is the fuel for AI. Um, it's like the experiences and knowledge that we have to make decisions. Um, you see a stove, you don't touch it because it's hot because you've touched a hot stove before. Um, that's data that we have on that object. Um, in the context of AI, uh, it comes in like large data sets containing, you know, millions, th- hundreds of millions of examples of the A of the information AI needs to learn from. So, for example, if you are training an AI to recognize images of cats, your data would be a large number of images, some of them with cats, and some of them not just the same way you would show a child many pictures and point out which ones are cats and not until they start to understand what a cat looks like. So that's the fuel, that's what drives you know, the decision making. Um, an algorithm, it's just a set of instructions for completing a task. Um, think of it like a recipe for baking a cake. The recipe, the algorithm, takes the ingredients, the data, and tells you how to combine and cook them to make a cake, the result. An AI, an algorithm, might um, just be a set of instructions on how to change its predictions based on whether they're right or wrong. Um, If we stick to the cat example, AI starts with an algorithm that makes a guess about whether an image is a cat. If the guess is wrong, algorithm gives it instructions for how to change the AI's method for the next guess, Um, much like adjusting that recipe based on how the cake turns out. Um, And then... For neural networks, um, neural networks are, again, a very specific type of machine learning algorithm modeled after the human brain. It's designed to recognize patterns, and they're made up of different layers or nodes of neurons um, doing a small part of each task. So think of a neural network like an assembly line on a factory. Each station in that assembly line is a node. On that line, that layer performs a very specific job. At the first station, the job might be as simple as identifying colors in an image. Later stations might recognize specific shapes, then patterns, then finally whether those color shapes and patterns make up the image of a cat. Each station depends on the work done prior. So just like each layer in a neural network depends on the information processed in the previous layer. So to try to summarize that, AI is like a child learning to recognize cats. The data is the image of cats. The algorithm is the method of learning from correct and incorrect guesses. And the neural network is one type of learning process where the task is broken down into small individual steps like stations on an assembly line. All right. Well, Adam, I appreciate you joining us for this episode, and we were focusing on um, AI basics and terminologies. Anything we didn't cover that you uh, you want to add in this episode or anything you want to circle back to? Yeah, I think I mentioned a little bit about learning. Okay. Um, so just how it learns a little bit. Just want to touch on that. Um, so there's kind of three ways. There's supervised, unsupervised, and reinforcement. 
Um, supervised is like learning to teach a kid how to walk with guidance. Um, unsupervised is like having the kid just learn on their own. And reinforcement is, is just what you think it is. It's positive and, and um, negative feedback. Um, so supervised learning, the data is given, a, or the uh, AI is given a set of data where the desired output is already known. Like an example of that spam filter. It knows classify as spam. Here's a whole bunch of spam emails. Here's a whole bunch of non-spam emails. Classify things accordingly. Unsupervised is more, um, think of like playing chess, like the like IBM's um, machine. It would just play chess over and over and over and over and over. And the reward it got was you win a game, you get a point. You lose a game, you lose a point. Your goal is to get points. So just by repeating that process over and over and over on its own, it learned how to play chess. And that, you know, kind of is the reinforcement is you get points or however they want to tell it. Um, you know, it has to make a series of decisions to win the game, basically. All right. Well, again, thanks, Adam. Uh, for our listeners out there, again, this is part one of a three-part series on AI. And our next segment uh, that we'll be uh, having, or our next episode, we'll be talking a little bit more specifically about education. Adam yep. is going to join us for that as well. But we'll go ahead and sign off for this episode. And if you have questions or feedback, um, so possibly before uh, we get to our next episode, feel free to uh, contact uh, us and send us your questions, send us your feedback at info, I-N-F-O, at aftonschools.net. And if you have questions or if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll go ahead and sign off. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Afton Unplugged. And remember, in the Afton School District, education is the most important thing we do. We'll see you out there.